0: And we are live, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Episode 71 of the and Lead Podcast. I'm TJ. And I'm Kent. And joining us tonight in the hot seat is Mike Lewis of Cane Break US. Mike, welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Good to be here. Absolutely, man. Happy to have you. So, uh, Mike, uh, I know you've watched the show a few times. Uh, so, as you know, we like to give our guests an opportunity to introduce Good themselves. To so, Mike, for Absolutely. all of those people Happy out in the world and those listening on the podcast around uh, in their cars on their daily drive, if they were so lazy that they missed the live show, assholes. Um, why don't you go ahead and tell us all who the hell you are?
1: Okay, I'm um, Mike Lewis. Uh, I, I own well, I am because I own and I'm the only employee of Cambridge Consulting Services. Uh, Twenty-year infantry veteran of the Army. Got to do a lot of cool things. While of Cambridge Consulting. <laughs> Sorry, I had an echo there. I got to do some cool things in the Army, especially towards the tail end. Uh, Jobs I was given, opportunities I was given, and been retired from the Army for five years now. I still love the shooting community, still love soldiers. It was time to go, so I went, but I still love soldiers and still want to continue. To give back, because those those are the young men and women that are are out there in harm's way doing doing you know bad things to bad people or potentially doing bad things to bad people. and the better we can the better we can help them and prepare them, the better off they are. So that's kind of my focus. Um, also love working with general general shooters, the civilian community. Just because I love the shooting community, it's
2: it's great. So yeah. Well, thank you so I'll much see. for being here. You're uh, you come highly recommended by several people, one of whom being Cam Hayes. I don't know if you want that on your resume or not, but Cam recommends you, so that's either real good or real bad, depending on your point of view.
1: <laughs> but Cam, Cam's my boy. That's real good.
2: <laughs> we know. Uh, so. For those of you for those of you playing the home game, uh, this is one of those times where uh, I get to shut up and do a lot of listening and a lot of question asking, uh, because for me, long distance is 50 yards with a pistol. Right. Uh, Not the rifle guy. And we went out and we and as we often do, we found a a bit of an SME here to talk about rifle shooting from both the civilian defensive and from the uh, military perspective. So the first question, Mike, I'd like to really hit you with is I'd like to I'd like to get you to talk a little bit uh, about the lineage of the TC that you helped author. And uh, we owe uh, I guess we owe a couple of folks an apology just even for the even for the title of this show. We might have been just a touch off base. Uh, we certainly didn't mean anybody a slight. Uh, so we called this. He wrote the book. I guess we should have called it he and a couple of his buddies helped wrote the book kind of thing Um, but why don't you talk about the tc and uh explain to the civvies like me what the hell a tc even is and what was the lineage behind that if you would please
1: okay great the tc is training circular um i'm not really up on the hierarchy because that's one thing i didn't study But uh, a few years ago, the Army changed the hierarchy of its doctrinal publications. You've got the ADP, Army Doctrinal Publication, then the ADRP, Army Doctrinal Reference Publication, I think it is, and then the ATP, Army Techniques Publication, and then below that, you've got your FM or Field Manual, and then you've got your TC or Training Circular. Uh, the TC 3-22.9 had previously been FM3-22.9. And since I'm a dinosaur, I grew up on FM 23-9, which became 23 or 322.9, and then tc 3229 Um when I joined the army, I didn't know any better. So I, uh, you know, I learned what I was taught and I learned the book I was given and As I got more exposure and went and trained with dudes in the industry, uh, very fortunate to have made a couple of friends that became mentors and introduced me to a couple of other friends. And you know how that goes. You're in the industry. Um, Really started learning things. And at one point I was like, man, this book sucks. It's not that it's wrong. But the way ideas are conveyed, it's, it it sucks. And then at one point, my, my friend and mentor, Dan, hit me up because I had taken a job in the 82nd Airborne Division. It's a made up job called Small Arms Master Gunner. If you're in an armored division or a heavy mechanized infantry division, Master Gunner is a slotted position where they've got a guy that's school trained and all of that the 82nd realized the need at some point to have a similar position and they they made one up and put a guy in it and one guy led to another guy led to another guy the way the army goes and at some point i became that guy because somebody said hey this is the dude you need to put in that job okay cool and talking to my friend dan it was like have have you met ash do you know this guy ash no, I can't say I do. And he said, Well, let me put you in contact with him. He's your counterpart at 10th Mountain. Oh, great, cool. So start talking to Ash. Next thing I know, Ash had moved to Fort Benning. And he, he calls me up and is like, hey dude, I got a new job. Oh, cool. What are you doing? He's like, I'm in doctrine. I got I got this project. I gotta write this book. Do you want you want to take a look at it? And I'm like, yeah, who don't? You, you want to add input? Yeah, who know? And he sent it to me. And it was a draft. And I started reading and I was like, man, this is great. And then I got to this part where, you know, there's this thing called the shot process. And for years and years, we know the fundamentals. What's this shot process? What is this? Where? So I call Ash up. I'm like, hey, dude, where are you going with this? What page are you on? I'm page such and such. Read two more pages and call me back. And read two more pages. I'm like, oh, this makes perfect sense. So I'll call him back and I'm like, dude, this is great. What we're doing is you're you're taking and come to come to find out later, he called the fundamentals bumper sticker slogans. Because it's rote learning, you know, steady position, aiming, breath control, trigger squeeze. If you do these things, you'll get a hit. But then you talk to somebody and you're like, "Okay, explain steady position," and you get the deer uh, in the headlight. Uh, we we didn't have enough room on the bumper sticker for that one, um. <laughs> <laughs> right? So Ash calls it bumper sticker slogans, and what it is, it's it's rote learning, but you don't get the full context of it. You don't get, you know, you don't get into the the digestion and understanding and internalization of it, looking from educational perspectives. So what he did, and, and I I was talking to him, I'm like, dude, what this is? This is a holistic system of target engagement. This is internalizing all of these concepts. And instead of having a rote checklist of these things, do this, do this, do this, it's it's like building understanding of how this, this system works and how the, the individual is thinking through the problem of the engagement they got in front of them, and does breath control matter for this shot? Well, it's, it, it's a 50-meter shot. No, breath control doesn't matter with a rifle. Does stability matter? Well, it depends. A 200-meter shot, I need to be a little bit more stable than I do if I'm inside of a room. So if I'm inside of a room, you know, red dot up, hit the trigger. I think stability doesn't really matter. And it's, once you understand the shop process, you you kind of, like I said, a holistic system. So as this developed, you know, Ash had brought a couple more guys in. Said, hey man, you want to give some input? And a couple other guys heard about it and said, hey, we want to talk to you about this. And you know, this guy over here said, you need to talk to my buddy in this place. I told him, hey, you need to talk to my buddy in this place. And and before the end of it, he had set up a collaborative tool using social media of all things, and there was a group of about forty dudes, of which probably about fifteen were consistently and heavily involved, and we had some pretty strong opinions as as you know people like us tend to have, and a lot of arguments and a lot of. Um, agreement and a lot of ash saying okay calm down i've heard what you said but i'm the guy in charge of this book and it says this because i said it says this and a lot of other times it is like you make some good points to whoever was making the points and said i'm going to change it because you made some good points and at the end of the day tc 322 9 published in may of sixteen. so you know ash was a genius in the way he did it. He crowdsourced his information and he he brought in dudes from across the force to where when it went to staffing, you know, people in the army know the word staffing because you send it out and say, "Hey, do you or your SMEs within your organization have any comments or do you agree or disagree with what's been written?" Well, multiple organizations had already had their quote unquote SMEs involved in it. So of course, when it comes out for staffing, the comments have already been submitted. So, and yeah, Ash did a really good job in writing it. He uh, he he brought dudes in to help him work on it. And we've got what we've got. And I've, I'm kind of partial to it, I guess. And I got to admit I'm biased.
0: Right, so real quick So, Give, give me the, the, the nomenclature again One more time, I want to post it in the chat here For those playing the home game uh, So 3-22.9, am I correct?
1: TC 3-22.9 Give me about 30 seconds I'll actually post a direct link To download it Yeah, that'll be
2: perfect Yeah, so that'll be perfect so While you're uh, doing that Here's a dude Not in the military And I printed the fucker. Why, why would a guy not in the military print and read and care about what's in this thing? Right. So uh, one thing that I'll say, and I'll I'll get a little preachy while he's typing and then I'll let him answer this. Uh, I get really tired about people saying that those who have information, that information doesn't apply to them because they're not in their world of work or whatever. Right. Like, what can a soldier teach a competitive rifle shooter? What can a civilian teach a soldier about shooting? What can a cop teach a soldier? What blah 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 blah. Like the color of clothing we wear matters, based on our level of education or experience or or learned knowledge on shooting guns or doing anything else. So uh, this thing takes up two uh, spiral-bound things on my bookcase, right? Two of the two of the thickens. Uh, how much of that spiral bound binder applies to Joe Civilian trying to learn how to better shoot a rifle?
1: Is that a question for me? Yes, sir. Ah, two spiral bound. Are you talking about the 3 20.40 or the 322.9? Because no, So one?
2: this 322.9, I printed it. Okay. That says part one because my printer kept on, kept it on. And there's two oh, of okay. these, binders, right? So I printed okay. the whole thing. I've read it. Right, read right. How much of that do you think applies to people that are not in the military trying to learn to shoot rifles? It it depends. If
1: you were running an AR pattern rifle, and you have the enablers of an AR pattern rifle, uh, specifically a red dot optic of the aim point variety, or a Trigicon ACOG. And if you have, say, you probably don't, most people don't, but a PAS 13 thermal optic or a, a PEC 15 aiming laser, the entire book. But if you're just trying to learn how to run a rifle and it's a non specific platform agnostic, start at chapter five. I'd say so
0: that's there's Yeah. So there's still something that could be learned here, I think, is the key takeaway. Correct. Right. And 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 I want to I want to address a topic, uh, right, or at least a point on the validity of this type of material. Uh, So there's a lot of there's a lot of contention, at least in small pockets, about what, you know, there's memes about it when civilians, when they hear military grade. And they're all excited and, you know, military (laughs) – when they hear military grade, they're like, ah, shit, right? So the the reality of the situation is is that there is – especially in the modern – with the modernization of the industry, there is a large amount of contribution that actually goes – that's a bi-directional line of communication, right? Uh, Actually, if you talk to a lot of – if you're so lucky and and acquaintanced with uh, guys that have worked in special operations – Mm -hmm. guys that especially have been snipers in special operations communities. You'll come to find out that there's actually quite a few civilian instructors that they send their snipers to, to learn how to be snipers better. And I'm talking about true civilians, guys that have never served in their life, Mm -hmm. but they know so much shit. They, they are teaching, uh, you know, the, the best of the best. Right. So, One of the things that I really like about, especially when Army publications, just in general, and I'm going to use that term very loosely here. With Army publications, there's a couple of key things about it. One, they're written in a way that is very easily understood. Uh, Number two, if you do not have access to training nearby, maybe the budget does not prepare for it, and you are looking for ways to at least understand academically the skills and the techniques to build you a solid foundation. If you can get a hold of a, of a U.S. military publication that covers that particular topic, you would be surprised at what you can learn. You know, I know that there's a lot of people. You know, especially with me. You know, I come across a lot of guys that are maybe trying to teach their kids. Um, and with kids, you don't necessarily need to make them, you know, snipers. Right? They, they don't need to reach that level of excellence just yet. But you want to give them that solid foundation and you want to obtain that knowledge to convey to them in a very easily understood manner, the the military publications do a great job breaking that down for people.
1: Yes. um, Considering it's most military publications are written, intentionally written, on I want to say an eighth or a tenth grade reading comprehension level, yes, and it's that's intentionally done It's not because people are dumb, but it's it's because if if you write something that scores oh my God on the flesh Kincaid scale, who
2: wants to read it Flesh Kincaid scale for the ten point word of the night look at you sorry, sorry. I like no, 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 we've gone
0: over.
1: We we've gone over writing. Dunning Kruger. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's something one of my, one of my guys introduced me to. He was like, "Hey, man, when you're writing stuff, go into Word and go into you know review and open this up to see where you're at."
2: And it, it's become a habit. <laughs> I love it. man. I'm telling you what, I'm I'm feeling more and more professorial over the last year. And I, I gotta tell you that that just. Like, I need a corn comp pipe and a tweed sweater with some elbow pads right here. (laughs) I'm going to bust out Flesh Kincaid on some dude who's trying to explain Parallax on SDI to me tomorrow. I'm absolutely going to do that. (laughs) 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 I'm telling you right now, that shit is coming out tomorrow on somebody. I don't know who it's going to be. But he's going to be like, Fleshlight? What? No, never mind. We're done. No.
1: (laughs) Yep. But seriously, if if you write something and it's Flesh Kincaid... (laughs) Who wants to read it?
2: Yep, you're right.
1: Nobody. So, yeah, and it's – I I will say the words and terminology used is going to be different from what people that pick up the book and read the book are used to hearing. Just like when I read the book, when I read the draft, shot process, what's this? Uh. This isn't the fundamentals. No, but as I said, it, it, it goes beyond your your rote learning and your bumper sticker slogans. and And to your point, TJ, talking about you know military and civilian Ash has not made it a secret when he was developing his thoughts on the shot process as he was preparing to to write it. And it was actually a lot of work he had done while he was in 10th Mountain. Um, he had written a lot of it while he was up there, but it wasn't doctrine, so, you know. And then he got the chance to make it doctrine and took full advantage of it. He talked to special operations dudes. Um, there was some some stuff in there that I, I think he got from Mike Panone. There there was, a, I want to say... I'm 98 99% certain there was a heavy Kyle DeFore influence in it in his the way he approached things. He talked to competition guys, both civilian competition guys and you know top army shooter competition guys. And what he was doing was okay, so you're setting up to to take a shot, what are the things that you do, how do you approach it? And instead of using your your rote checklist, it was building a process around how you approach taking a shot. So if you read the book, you will not find the word fundamental anywhere. And that is intentional because it's trying to go beyond the fundamental. And it's not that fundamentals are bad, it's the common understanding of how fundamentals work that leaves something to be desired. So if you've got a more teachable system that's not do this, do this, do this, it's it's a system and everything fits together, it leads to better teach, teachability and it leads to deeper understanding. Uh, one thing I have noticed is a lot of people Both in and out of the military, a lot of people have read the book and I've spoken with people that have read the book. It's like, I don't know about this. Because there seems to be this disconnect where some people think we just made up terms to replace the fundamentals. And that's that's not exactly where it was going. It's not this the the elements of the shot process are not the fundamentals the shot process is the shot process and there are pieces of it. So there's a distinct difference between the two, even though there's only so many different concepts and so many different ways to approach a problem. This is a different way of thinking about how you approach the problem.
0: Would it be fair to say that with regard to fundamentals and looking at, you know, fundamentals versus a process, a defined and teachable process mm-hmm. Um would, would, it, would it be fair to, to to make the generalization that fundamentals are important, but where they fall short is failing to convey how each of them work together as a refined process would, right? I would, I
1: would say that's a very fair statement.
0: Right. So it, in that, it, it sounds like by having a defined process, you know, the shot process, it would probably make troubleshooting – or identifying areas of weakness and failure points in that process a little bit more identifiable and a thorough more thorough understanding of how they how one reacts to and fits together with the other.
2: Right. Right. Good stuff. See I've got a I got a good brain. I told you Ken. I was gonna say, man, for not being a firearms instructor, you sure are a firearms instructor. I'm trying to get TJ to get his ass up here and teach pistols and leave his IT life behind.
0: I'm a project manager. It's kind of the it's kind of what we do. Okay, so come manage my
2: projects and shoot guns. <laughs> <them>. <laughs> we got it. So we got a uh, We got a comment in the chat here. Mr. Lewis is an excellent teacher. Vast knowledge, crucial component to this past weekend's match. Man, you paying dudes ten dollars to come on here and say nice shit? That's awesome. Wait, is that how we get viewers? Because I missed that memo. <laughs> yeah, I missed that entirely.
0: That's perfect. I didn't realize we could pay them. Like shit, we'd I didn't. Be way more pop, yeah, we'd be way more yeah. popular. So I did have to Google it because while I, I do spin a an intelligent yarn once in a blue moon, um, I had to look up the flesh Kincaid uh, definition. So essentially, for those playing the home game. Uh, it is a readability test to indicate how difficult a passage in English is to understand. Right There is a flesh Kincaid read or a flesh reading ease and a flesh Kincaid grade level test. So okay, so was it written by guys like us or was it written by Neil deGrasse guys Tyson?
2: Like Mike. No, yeah. we'll put Mike in Neil de Grasp. Yeah.
0: Okay, we'll give we'll give Mike a few
1: few levels above us. <laughs> knuckle dragger. Knuckle dragger. And thank you for drag- your kind comments, Ben and Jordan.
2: Hang on a second now. I now I happen to know because you're nice enough to spend a while a while pre showing and prepping with me. You're a knuckle drager with a couple degrees, aren't you?
1: Mm, a BA and an AS.
2: Okay, so, well, that's not knuckle dragger exactly. You would, You're oh, on the third
1: one, aren't you? Uh, yeah, so I'm actually in a master's program uh, for training and edu- training and education. So basically, master's of adult learning.
2: Notice, notice how I'm having to uh, force Mike to brag on himself just a touch, right? I'm having to drag it out of him a little bit. So it, it's not I complete do, yet, so it doesn't count.
0: Right. So I, I do want to point out, though, folks, like. <clears throat> If you look at all of the fantastic instructors and contributors to the industry that we've had on this show, there has been a recurring theme here, and it's more than just guns. All of these people worth their salt are academics to the marrow, right? Absolutely. So for a lot of you, like I hope you're picking up what we're putting down here, but don't just rely – well, of course, we encourage going out to the flat range and getting that training, right? Right getting that medical training, all that other stuff. There's a place where they hide a lot of this information, and it's called books. There's a lot you can learn from taking an academic or even a scientific approach to learning a lot of this information. Kent, we need to come up with that that reading resources list, bro.
2: It is two-thirds of the way done, and it is way too long already.
0: There, you no know, no such thing as too long when you're talking about getting your learn on.
2: Dude, it's a freaking – it's it's a – I've got a seven-page PDF already. greenmountaindefensecom slash references is where this is going to be. Uh, all about stuff I wish people should read. And it's not all gun guy shit.
1: Specific to the instructors out there, I've got one to add to the list.
2: Hell yeah, man.
1: Um, I'm actually – Stand by. I want to make sure I get the title of the book correct. I had to read it for a class last semester. It's a long read, but it's a great read. Okay, I did have the correct title. Um, experiential Learning. Experience as. Waiting for the link to pop up. Experience as the source of learning and development by David A. Kolb, K A K O L B. Uh, long book, but specific to the instructors out there, and and it's you know good for anybody to read if you're into learning. Um, but experiential learning is huge, and if you're an instructor, you need to re- read about experiential learning.
2: Hmm. Interesting. I, I got it open in a browser window And I'll be buying my copy by the time uh, We're wrapping up after the show tonight That one wasn't on my list I'll admit it a w- touch of touchy I was sitting nope. here going Oh yeah, it's probably on the list already Nope, it's not, so I'm buying it
1: It wouldn't have been on my list either Unless it was required right. reading for a course But I'm glad I read it
2: Right, hell yeah man, I appreciate that uh, He's He's either knowingly shortcutting to the end of the show or he doesn't know. But we ask for a recommended reading for everybody that comes on here. So you just <laughs> you got your uh, you, you got your hits in a little early. I like that.
0: Just can't just post the link. We'll we'll make sure it gets into the description.
2: Yeah, man, that's awesome. So, so we'll be doing that that long, long reading list. But it's it's everything from Seeklander's book to talent code to left of bang mm-hmm. to I mean there's all kinds of good shit on there. Just um, yep. My mom's a high school teacher, so I've been hitting her up about you know educational resources, and, uh, all kinds of good stuff. So it's gonna Talent be a long list.
1: Go- Talent Code's good. I haven't read Seeklander's book, so I can't say. You never sure read of
2: Construction by Seeklander?
1: No, I haven't. I've been oh. <laughs> all all over the place. Haven't gotten to that one. Uh, Talent Code, great book. Um, Left of Bang, good book i i had the the good experience of being able to go through the asat course gotcha so so the book really took root after going through the advanced situational awareness training the 40-hour course not the you know 160 or whatever it is but that's great great stuff so yeah both of those books concur 100 percent.
2: that's awesome it's uh I'll have to, I'll, I'll email it to you. I'll, I'll, that's you. I'd really be interested in your feedback on it. So, okay. uh, uh, you've got a, you've got a couple fans in the chat. I'm being told to ask you about weaponized autism. Todd. <laughs> it's
1: uh, it's got to be either Todd or Jason. Let me see.
2: Uh, it is no, Todd, I Todd. weaponized autism and he knew who it was. He's like, oh, it has Todd.
1: <laughs> yep. Um, that was a term given either by Todd or Jason. I think it was Jason and Todd ran with it. Um, funny thing on that one is math, you know, dealing with ballistic math and doing machine gun stuff. And he mentioned Conan Crom uh, actually shortcutted or either of you, I'm sure you are. I'm sure you're familiar. Do either of you use the mill relation formula? To uh determine distance to a target.
0: I have, yes. I am not good at it. There's a reason I have a smartphone.
1: <laughs> okay. But yes, so, yes, I am familiar with it. But what that was is I was sitting around one day and looking at things and playing with numbers and short short circuited and shortcut the mill relation formula and can't claim that. You know, I invented it because nothing is new under the sun. To quote Steve Steve Fisher, you know, always cite your sources. Nothing's new under the sun. Um, But it's like, what if I did this and this and this? I can cut out these steps and get my distance to target faster. And it worked and started looking at my my variables and and my constants and named the formula Crom. So that's the Conan, the Barbarian reference tied throughout. Gotcha,
0: gotcha. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So all what comes to what, the the image that's played through my mind is like you at the range doing some beautiful mind type shit, and you're like, wait a second, this is way too hard, and you just like erase the whole middle, and you're like, oh, A equals B, got oh. it. <laughs>
1: I wouldn't call it beautiful minds, uh, because I'm the guy that failed algebra one once, took it again and passed, passed geometry, and then failed algebra two twice, and had to take it in summer school to get into college.
0: Right. I, I feel you, Matt. The they formulas, don't. the formulas didn't work.
1: So all you know, praise be to
0: all all praise yeah. be to Google. Right. Right. <laughs>
1: so the math didn't work you figure out a way that makes the math work and you get crumb
2: i love how so my mother was an algebra teacher that's what she taught forever and ever and ever and i was too was terrible at algebra to the point where she taught in a different school but one day i came home i said mom i think i need an algebra tutor and she said you sit your ass down at that table boy oh shit and mom became <laughs> my algebra tutor, right? And I got through high school algebra because of mom. No shit. And now, you know, here we are all these, all these years later, and I'm, you know, explaining concepts to people that are mathematical in nature through shooting. And she's right. like, oh, I get it. When you get to blow shit up, all of a sudden you pay attention, don't you? I'm like,
1: yes. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. That's funny enough, that's when I got interested in math was <laughs> – we, we had opportunity training with some SF guys that, you know, this this SF engineer dude is neighbors with one of the squad leaders in my platoon, and they got a demo range and said, hey, you want to bring some boys out? And he's giving us explosives formulas, and math became very interesting really quick.
0: It's amazing how that works, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, you're going to sit in this class, we're going to drone on for an hour and a half about the Pythagorean theorem and all this other stuff and mix letters and numbers together and expect you to come up with the answer and your eyes glaze over, your nose starts to bleed and you forget who you are for a half hour. Probably piss your pants. At least that was my experience, your mileage may vary. Um, but you start putting it into terms that people can relate to, things that interest them, right? Like I'm pretty sure that it, in any other industry you take like Somebody who's a, an entrepreneur, somebody who wants to run a business, right? Sit through high school algebra, bomb it. But they're interested in business and finance and running a company. And you start explaining to them the same formulas, but relate them to that industry and they'll stick to it like glue. It's it's amazing how that works. But, yeah, I, I wanted nothing to do with, you know, calculus and trigonometry until I started shooting past
1: 50 yards. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The kid, that, the kid that couldn't pass algebra two, is now doing ballistic math on the fly. hmm It's funny how that works. Yeah, we just <laughs> you just gotta find you, you. It's
0: you gotta find your rain man. Uh, <laughs> inspiration, right? Mm-hmm. You know, t- take a guy that can you know, you know, uh, otherwise socially awkward in every way, weaponized autism. You know, to to use the term of the night, right? <laughs> Guys are really autistic. You put it behind a craps table or a, a, a blackjack table and you're a multimillionaire all of all of a sudden. Right. It's just it's amazing how the human brain works that way.
2: My wife was watching Big Bang Theory right before I got on the show. So I'm just picturing Sheldon with a rifle. <laughs> <laughs> I, really, I really like I like the imagery. I really do
0: we're just gonna sit here and quietly reflect on that 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 image of Sheldon Cooper with a shy tech
2: <laughs> that's,
1: that's gonna become a meme
0: Is it? if it isn't if it hasn't it should
2: damn it Yes. DJ, that's your job Meme that would you so, I'll do my best Mike real quick um unless you have anything else to say about your military time or experience or or that part of your world uh Let's move you into talking about competitive shooting a little bit, and then we'll round the show off with talking about cane break, uh, which is your self promotion and your opportunity to really talk through not in a like I'm not asking you for a minute 30 plug, I want you to talk about cane break for a minute, like really go into it, okay? But but first, let's let's talk a little bit about since we got some dudes that are on here that are talking about you roing matches and shooting matches and these matches. Um, Something tells me we're not talking about a USPSA match, are we? So why don't you, why don't you take no. me out of my life and put me into your life? And are we talking about, uh, I don't know, quantified performance?
1: We're talking about quantified performance. And what do you know? What is the common theme here? Ash Hess.
2: Well, look at that.
1: And the funny thing is, while we were both in uniform and then – after I retired while he was still in uniform before he retired, people looked at us as being anti competition because you know, we're combat dudes. We're not as, as Ash used to put it, we're not ballistic golf dudes, we're combat dudes. However, comma, I'm actually the guy that started or restarted, we should say, because it was there and then it died a competitive weapons program within the 82nd Airborne Division. Why? Because if you give people an outlet that makes them want to go do things and get good at things and it relates to their job, if they get good at it so they can win cool, shiny things to put on their uniform, They're going to transfer that back to their job. The problem is when you see guys that, you know, gamer, gamer this, gamer that, gamer this, gamer that. And there's a lot to be said for competition. There absolutely is. But you can't game up a gunfight. You know, there are things that apply. There are things that don't apply. There are things that transfer. There are things that don't transfer. And that goes for both sides of the coin. Um, but, yeah, after Ash got out, he, did, he started this thing called Quantify Performance, working with Jack, also of Knight's Armament. And they worked together, and they stood this thing up, and they've done now five matches. All of them so far have been at the arena training Uh, facility down in Blakely, Georgia, beautiful facility, great ranges. And Ash's thing is shoot far, shoot fast. That's because, you know, he had gotten into the PRS cast gun series, which kind of went away, quantified performance, kind of came out not long after. And they put you in some very, very, at times funky shooting positions. They give you not small targets, you know, we're not talking one to one and a half to two minute targets. We're talking he said he wants to keep it around three minute targets. Okay. But right. a three but a three minute target when you're finding stability or trying to find stability, um off of a staircase. A three-minute target when you're trying to shoot off of the hood of a gator. A three-minute target, one of the stages, not my stage this time, but one of the stages had a platform that was suspended at the corners by four chains.
2: I I just we did a match like that a couple months ago. What a motherfucker that thing was. That couldn't have been a 428-minute target. I'd still miss that bastard. Yeah. And, and
1: the sta- the stages this time, uh, I gotta give props. Jace and Eddie Whitehead, they they uh they ran this match under the, the watchful eye of Ash and Jack. And they are now quote unquote quantified performance certified match directors. And and Eddie and Jace came up with some spectacular stages. But, again, three-minute targets on average, and these targets are anywhere from – I've shot under match conditions anywhere from 100 to 1,100 yards. And we're seeing guys come out with 224 Valkyries. We're seeing guys come out with uh, 308s, seeing guys with 6'5 Creed, Uh, There was some 6 Creed, some 6 Arc there this time, and a heavy presence of 5.56 guns. And most of the dudes running 5.56 guns are running LPVOs on them. And that's actually one of the classes is uh, the GP, I think, is the class. And it's you're running no more than an 18-inch barrel with no more than an 8-power optic. I I run a 6-power optic, and... My deepest successful hit under match conditions was an Ipsick at 856 yards two matches ago, and taking a shot at 856 yards on Ipsick steel with a 16-inch 556 gun and a six-by optic—that's pretty challenging.
2: I'm gonna tell you right now, I got one upstairs. That ain't happening. Not in this house. You're a better man than I. If if I'm touching something at 500 with that rifle, I'm a happy dude. Not like – so those that don't compete – I compete in pistol competitions mostly, but people that don't compete, you you know, you say match conditions. It's one thing to go out on a Sunday and relax with your boys and sit down at the bench and talk a while and, you know, like – Just do everything you can not to be at the house and like doing whatever the old lady tells you to do because you've been at the range for six hours, that kind of thing. And you might could make that shot in that environment. But when that freaking Star Trek brain scrambler, otherwise known as a shot timer, (laughs) makes a noise. Holy shit. (laughs) You're you're lucky for me to point the gun in the right direction, let alone hit anything at 850. God
0: damn I I will say it sounds challenging, and and to to all intents and purposes it is, but a lot of it comes down to, I think, one, having the resources to go out and actually test your your configuration, right? A couple of months ago, I would have told you straight up, engaging Ipsic Steel at 500 yards with my 5.56 rifle and an LVPO, uh, You know is it, Wasn't in the cards Sure as shit I actually took some time out I was like you know what I'm going to take some factory ammo And I'm going to sit here at this range And I'm just going to I'm going to start at the I'm going to aim center mass And I'm going to keep going until I know where my holdover is at 500 And I'll be, I'll be damned if I didn't find it Now with that being said Pause for dramatic effect Doing that shit from a staircase Completely different critter
1: that right? stage, that stage was not from a staircase. That was, that stage was prone, but not all yeah. of them with eight hundred yard targets are.
0: Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The holdovers there. The holdovers there. You just got. You got to. It's practice with it. Practice yeah. with it. Know. Know your equipment, and that includes knowing mm-hmm. your optics. Yep. Right. You got all these guys that spend a lot of time tuning that round, getting the velocity they want out of it, making sure that has got the ballistic coefficient they want. Yep. And, but they'll think they're hot shit and they'll take it out on paper. They'll get their ballistic data. They'll, they'll fill out their smart sheets and their dope cards and all that other stuff. But they won't actually pressure test their configuration with their optic. What will it actually do?
1: When you put it, try to put it on steel at five, six, seven, eight hundred yards. Totally and doable. It's, it's funny that you mentioned that because I need to upgrade my optic. And it's not that my optic is a bad optic. It's a spectacular optic. But the problem is I'm, I've hit the point where I'm reaching my physical limitations with my equipment. Right. Long story short, you know, I... Unbeknownst to me, at 39 years old, I went to see the eye doc and say, hey dude, my vision's kind of foggy. I don't know what's going on. Oh yeah, you got cataracts in both eyes. Oh shit. We're gonna send you to the ophthalmologist. And the ophthalmologist said, yeah, you got cataracts in both eyes and an astigmatism in your right eye, which is my firing eye. Okay. It's like, if you had TBIs, yeah, well, that's what caused it, because I was thinking, cataracts, dude, that's for old people. I'm 39 years old. But at 39 years old, I had eye surgery on my left eye, my non-firing eye, uh, to remove a cataract. The one in the right eye is still there, because it, it's not at the point where it affects me enough to assume the risk of having the surgery and risk something going wrong. But with a six-bioptic, I'm really working, really working. Mm-hmm. If I'm trying to if I'm trying to shoot groups at 100, I can see my target just fine. But to get that really defined, crisp sight picture where I want my bullet to go, even at 100, 100 yards or 100 meters with the six bioptic, optic, I'm really working for it. Which means I need to bump up and go to a one to eight LPVO or potentially you know the say a vortex 1 to 10 lpvo and that's not because my equipment is not capable it's because i'm butting up against my physical limitation with the mechanical whatever so there comes a point and for every person it's different you know you'll you'll reach a point where you're you're bumping up against the physical limitation whether it's your body or whether it's your equipment but you have to work enough and you have to build enough proficiency and build enough knowledge to know when you're bumping up against that ceiling and okay, I'm bumping against the ceiling. What do I need to do? Is it me? Is it my equipment? Is it a combination of the two? And for me, it's me with my equipment tells me I need new glass. Yep. Hopefully that makes sense.
0: No, it makes perfect sense. And it's actually, it's, it's even one that we preach here. Uh, It's certainly an undertone, right? If you don't know, it's no different than diagnosing a problem with a vehicle, right? If you don't truly understand your vehicle, you're gonna take you're gonna have problems with it. You're gonna take it to a mechanic. You'd be like, "Man, this thing's just screwed up." It's always it's a problem. It's a lemon. I got a bad deal, whatever have you, and you end up buying a new vehicle. But if you would have taken the time to study how that vehicle operates, you would have realized you just had bad gas in it. Mm-hmm. Right, you've got to know this stuff and be able to identify and troubleshoot what the real issues are. It's to say, I mean, we all see it. You go to the range, and there's always, man, this this gun doesn't hit shit. Uh, you couldn't hit, I couldn't hit the broadside of a barn if you <laughs> locked me in it. And you take somebody that knows what the hell they're doing, they pick up the same gun, and it, you know, you get the one ragged hole at 20 yards, yeah. right? You just, you got to know your equipment because it will tell you by by taking that level of interest in the human and firearm relationship that operating system if you will it will help you to um, be honest with what limitations you might be having and what might actually be an equipment
1: maybe you did get a lemon but you'll be able to verify that quantified Hmm. funny how that word comes out
2: right right
1: that That's right. a and thing behind
2: shoots Low and left Every time I miss your pistol It shoots low And to the left I Why want, does
0: yours always Shoot high and right? I want you to Until
2: somebody's Sights on that pistol for me I got one of them red dots Now it's slow up close I can't find a fucker And it shoots low and left
1: Yep <laughs> But that's But you know Kent That's another side Of quantified performance That's why I threw that out there It's quantified It's not just competitive If you if You know The There's a members group, and you, you know, it's a pay-to-play. You've got to pay to join, and I think it's like twelve dollars a year. It's it's, you know, crazy how much it doesn't cost. Thank
0: God we got them stimmy checks.
1: Yes, (laughs) but with twelve dollars a year, you get a discount on the match fees if you choose to go to the match, and you get access to, you know, Ash puts out stuff through his Patreon. He's got uh, Joe Plandowski, who's you know, he's clinical psychology stuff. And he was actually at the match Friday before the match started on Saturday, talking about mental processes and adaptive versus maladaptive thinking and how to how to increase your performance through your thought processes and and your adaptive thinking. You know joining quantified performance gives you access to these things and ash is doing a little bit of stuff with some other human performance personalities and subjects like physical fitness and then joe with the, the psychology stuff and you'll see if you join the join the members group you'll see people posting pictures of their groups saying, look what I shot this weekend, and you'll see a dude that shot a four-minute group. And people are like, hey, man, that's great. You're progressing. And you'll see a dude that's shooting a half-minute group, and people are like, hey, man, that's great. How did you get there? And it's just the community involved, and you're quantifying your performance. You're quantifying what your equipment is doing, and it, it makes everybody involved better.
0: Yeah, you know, it's 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 funny that you keep that you, all all of this stuff about the quanti- you know the quantifying and the scientific analysis and all those stuff. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell a, a short story on myself because I've actually gotten asked this question recently. What got me into so interested in firearms? What got me so interested in shooting? Show a hands. How many people here like MythBusters? Right the sciencey shit the engineering and chemistry and mechanics and just the overall development of those processes the scientific aspects of shooting is what really interested me like how you can affect you can take the exact same rifle exact same projectile same brass same primer everything change the powder you use or even transversely change the primer Something that minuscule that what used to be at least a couple of months ago a three a three cent piece of equipment <laughs> that would or component that would go into the rear end of your, your casing, and you will deviate the whole shot group. Could deviate the whole shot group, right? It's it's amazing what really started that. So yeah, it's I'm really interested, especially with the, the clinical psychology, what what aspects and what uh nuggets of information that that he might discover in his approach to things.
1: Well, I, mean, I think it was Jordan thing, that said he's an absolute gem and I absolutely concur.
0: Yeah, I I that being said I probably don't deserve I probably should not be on the range with a clinical psychologist. Uh, there's some <laughs> shit that I just don't want to talk about. But no shit, right? <laughs> it's like yeah, so I'm trying to get the this magazine won't quite seat properly. How do you feel about your mother?
2: Do we got to go there right now? <laughs> so, yeah. Your mother fed me and is an amazing woman how dare you speak poorly of her. You only met her once. Fair enough. <laughs> oh my gosh, fair enough. So these um these QP matches are are these going to start being hosted other places than the arena? Um you would have to talk to Ash.
1: But I but I will say I certainly hope so. Um I would love to see quantified performance sanctioned matches in the mid-Atlantic. Cause I'll tell you, Blakely, Georgia, I love going down there for the matches. But dude, I got home at three twenty Monday morning and had to go to work at seven thirty.
2: That's going to be a five-day awful work for me. That's going to be a bitch. I'm going to try to do one. And and
1: I loved it, and it was worth it 120%. But if I could do two of those a year down there and then shoot or RO one or two a year, say in the Carolinas or Virginia, that'd be great, man. That's four weekends a year that I'm not getting in trouble with my wife. And I'm hanging out with good people doing good things and solving ballistic problems. That's just a good time.
0: Well, Kent, it's six hours for me and 13, well, 14 hours for you.
2: Honestly, I saw the – Cam was sharing the stuff, and I almost signed up for it until I realized I was already teaching a pistol class. So there's that whole thing. The next Maybe one I'll you should – Make money or spend money. Make money or spend money. I think I'll make money. Sometimes uh, you got to spend money to make money, though.
1: <laughs> Stop it when you, you know this is
2: museums. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Another thing I'll say about the QP matches is, is having done, you know, nothing big, no regionals or nothing like that, but local club matches here in the Carolinas. You show up for the match Saturday morning. You shoot the match. You you help clean up the range and whatever, and you go home. And it's a good time. But the QP matches, this is a weekend-long fellowship with guns. People roll in with campers, you know, the arena. They got cabins that people rent. And it's a weekend-long event. You shoot, you hang out, you hang out, you shoot. And it's just good times with excellent people. That's not to take anything away from any other match anywhere else. But it's it's not just a match, it's an
2: experience. You know, well, that has been my no shit. That has been my firearms industry journey so far. I have yet to get in with a group of dudes who sucked. I've I've honestly I've either been like super lucky or I don't know what. But every time I've done something like this, I've always been better and, and more glad for the experience. I I, I there's, you got a bunch of dudes in the comments They're like, come on, come on, let's go. Like, I'm coming. I'll do it. I promise. I, I really will. We'll we'll get one worked out. I'll hold
0: I'll hold them accountable, folks. We're, we're, we'll make one day. De- we'll, we need to make just a, a trip out of it, man. We'll film the whole thing.
2: Yeah, fuck it. We'll do it for the show. We'll put up stuff. We'll do a thing. It'll be good. We we should absolutely do that. I'll tell you what, man, if it if it's
0: even half as good as the the DRM match that that Cam put on, it's going to be a it's dare I say a straight up hootenanny, borderline hoedown. You DJ will
1: not something. be disappointed.
2: I like it.
0: Well, I, Mike, I was supposed to – he was supposed to meet me in, in South Carolina for that match that Cam put on, but his truck decided to take a shit.
2: Dude, my truck. And, yeah. I was, like, packed up coming to the match. I was like, – oh, I was not a happy guy. I was already – fuck you, Ford. Fuck you.
1: I actually <laughs> wanted to go to that match too, but had to do work things that weekend, so. Yeah, It sucked, but, you know, my kids would have been upset if I couldn't put food on the table.
2: (laughs) TJ, no no shit. You're going to be hungry. Eh, whatever. Since that happened, TJ, and we disabled that system in the truck, I've never had a problem again. If you have a Ford and it has that stupid auto start, auto stop thing, unplug the fuse that goes to the uh, auxiliary transmission pump, you'll never have a problem again. It also won't auto start auto stop, but who gives a fuck? Mm-hmm. Get rid of that no. whole system. Just take it out. Yeah. Ha Todd. LOL Ford. I know it's got 93,000 miles on it a rooftop tent and a shitload of brass in it. Leave me alone.
0: My tundra with 350,000 miles on it made it no problem. I hate you. <laughs> Just
2: kids. Oh, God. So Mike, real quick, uh, have you competed in other stuff that our audience would be familiar with? Have you competed in IDPA, USPSA, 3Gun, any um, other? I've, I've, dab-
1: I've dabbled in IDPA. It's been a while because other things got in the way, primarily work, and then work and school, um, but dabbled in IDPA. How do you look
2: at a fishing vest? Oh, uh, that was uh,
0: I'm I'm glad you broke you, because I can't believe you kept a straight face that long asking that question.
1: You know, you know, the funny thing about it was last time I shot an IDPA match. I showed up running IWB with a T-shirt. And stepped too. up to my yeah. first stepped up to the first stage and the RO is looking at me like, OK, dude. Yeah, I'm ready, man. OK, load and make ready. And my T-shirt came up and he was like, oh.
2: <laughs> the whatever, I'm that, man. I'm that guy. I will be the reason they switch to appendix carry if they ever do. I'll USPSA
0: USPSA already made him irrelevant, bro.
2: Oh I know, and now yeah. I'm gonna shoot a yeah. shitload of USPSA because of that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Man. Competing is competing. It's uh it's certainly one of those things that more people should do. Yeah, uh, like long range matches, Kent. <laughs> Oh, Georgia might as well be Texas for me, but I'm coming. I'll get down there. We'll absolutely do it. No, see, you uh, fly. You, see, you fly down to Nashville. Ooh,
0: and you and me make a road trip out of it.
2: I like this boats and hose. This could be yeah. another boats and hose week. This could we'll go. Ta- or, or we can take the jeeps. Just we'll make it a thing. Oh, go Jeep in and shoot. See, he's appealing to the the uh, off road redneck side of me. I like this a lot. We can cut the sleeves off your shirt. You can, you can,
0: you can stay married to Soph and marry a sister and you complete the package, maybe get a restraining order or two. I don't know. We might not have time for all of that, but we can make something work.
2: Oh my God. So as the most beautiful segue that could have possibly been segued, let's ask Mr. Mike to promote himself a little bit. We just went from, uh, you know, restraining orders and marrying sisters now let's ask about Canebrake Consulting and see where that goes. <laughs> what the fuck could possibly go wrong? So, uh, Mike, real quick, <laughs> I know Canebrake Consulting because I know your zero offset tool. Yes. So that's, that's how I know you. That's how you are in my universe. How should I know you? What should I know about your, your training company that I don't know? How can I host you? All that good stuff. Let's, let's talk training stuff.
1: Ah, training stuff. First, I'll tell you what I told you, you know, the first time we we actually spoke. It's been a long while since I've done anything open enrollment um, for multiple reasons. Um, My start in the training industry, as it were, was as a CCW guy. And it's like, hey, I'm in the army. I carry a gun for a living. I can do this. And found out very quickly with some of the friends and mentors that I met how much I did not know. You know, overconfident with un- underwhelming training is is a thing. Dunning-Kruger is a thing. And learned very quickly. But you know what? I was already in the game. I'm doing CCW stuff, whatever. And did that for a, a couple years. And it was good. And it was fun. And tried to do a couple of open enrollment Pistol classes, not only could I not fill a class, I couldn't get a single sign up at that time. And, you know, let's call it what it was. It's a nobody trying to get people to come train with them in Fayetteville, North Carolina, where, well, the personalities that live here in the training industry, it's a no brainer. And it, it actually probably did me a favor because I wasn't ready for the big time and didn't realize it. But it is what it is. And at some point woke up and said, you know what? I don't believe in this anymore. This being the CCW game. I don't believe in being part of a system that requires people to spend their money and take a day out of their life to go see a guy who gives them a certificate that says this individual has been trained and seeing they pass the rest of the background check, they should be eligible to carry a weapon in their own defense and then pay the state for the privilege of exercising their rights. I don't believe in that. I do believe wholeheartedly that training is an individual responsibility. If you have a firearm or if you plan to have a firearm It is incumbent on you as a responsible human being and a responsible citizen to seek training, but it's not something that the state should require of you. So I stopped doing it, so I stopped doing it. And, uh, you know, army things, and then post army things with work, and then post army things with work and school, it just wasn't in the cards to do classes. Uh, What I have done is gone back to school to better prepare myself as a teacher, trainer, educator, whatever you want to call it, to provide more for my students and my clients. Uh, my, My major focus right now is military. But that, you know, and that's to, again, to give back and to help and support the warfighter. But by no means does that. Mean that I I'm, I wouldn't be interested if somebody said, "Hey man, we want to do a, a carbine class." Okay, cool. When and you know what are you looking for? Are you looking for basic stuff or basic stuff? Because there's no such thing as advanced marksmanship. The only thing advanced about what people call advanced marksmanship is an advanced understanding and application of basic principles. So do you want basic stuff or do you want basic stuff at a higher level? You know, I'd I'd be completely open to it, but I haven't done it. So there's that. Uh, For those in the military, I I do have course course curriculum written for uh, carbine operators course, a machine gun university and for what I call the small arms instructor's course, but it's actually not a small arms instructor's course. It's, TJ, what was your rank when you got out if you don't mind me asking?
0: Uh, I was a specialist E4.
1: You're a specialist E4. Okay, so you can tell me if you have or have not ever heard the primary responsibility of the noncommissioned the, yeah, the primary responsibility of the non-commissioned officer is training soldiers. Yes. So that's what the small arms instructor course is set up for. It is to better prepare, not that they don't have an idea of what they're doing, but to better prepare using adult learning theories, teaching methodologies, so on and so forth, better prepare them to be trainers and educators for their personnel. But it uses small arms and weapons proficiency as a vehicle. Because that's a core skill for everybody in the Army. Everybody in the Army, you you, you got to qualify with your assigned weapon. Unless you're you know very, very, very certain things like a conscientious objector, you don't carry a weapon. Or a chaplain doesn't carry a weapon. Other than that, you have to train and qualify with your assigned weapon. So it uses a vehicle that everybody has to do, everybody's somewhat familiar with to better prepare that non-commissioned officer to be a trainer and educator for his his personnel. His or her, I'm sorry.
2: Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Conscientious objectors are real things still?
1: Uh, yes, sure I actually, <laughs> I, In in my company in 2004, 2005, when we went to Iraq, we had a conscientious objector in the company and he was a medic. You know, he he was yeah. a medic, and he went out on every mission with the boys. He just didn't carry a gun, and he did yeah, good yeah. work, and he kept people alive.
0: I, on the other hand, had two in my unit during my second deployment, No. six hundred seven, and they were complete shitbags. They were not medics. Hmm.
1: Huh.
0: Yeah, straight up refused to refuse to do everything. Just. Up, up and quit Now they spent the remainder of their deployment doing shit work But Yeah No, no weapon Refused to do their duty they, It is still very much a thing man
2: I thought that was some bullshit from MASH Nope <laughs> I Nope I, I know so very little about the military I, Every time I talk to somebody I learn more shit I didn't know that No idea
1: Yeah now to know. my Mike's the point. one we had, I'm not. I, the one we had, he was a medic, and he did great work. And he kept he kept some of my friends alive. I would never think of looking at him in a negative light because he's a conscientious objector and didn't carry a weapon. He did his job.
0: Huh. <coughs> Excuse me. I tried to mute weapon. in time. I tried to mute in time. Uh, but yeah, actually, um, if you look at, uh, you know, the there, case in point, uh, Desmond Doss from uh, from Hacksaw Ridge or, yep. or of Hacksaw Ridge fame. Perfect example of, you know, what, at least in my mind, a, 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 what I would consider an acceptable conscientious objector would be. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to do my job. I'm still going to serve my brothers and sisters to the left and right of me. I just refuse to fight. I refuse to carry a weapon. Nothing wrong with that. But yeah, it, there 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 is sadly a fine line between, like the dyed-in-the-wool consciousness objectors. You know, call them pacifists, um, just opposed to the violence. They still want to do their job, still support their friends and their family. And then you got the, you know those complete cowards that are just like, "Fuck this! I know I I know I made commitments, but screw you guys! I'm going to look out for me and me alone." And the worst place to do that is Iraq. Like, do figure that shit out before you deploy. Yeah. Right. So, yep.
2: Yeah. My goodness, man! I expected to learn some shit tonight. I didn't expect that would be it. I did not know that. <laughs> very, very interesting. So, through through cane Break, uh, why don't you talk a little bit about your Zero Offset tool? Okay. If you- while we're while we're still on cane break so what is the zero offset tool uh, The
1: zero offset tool actually i'm gonna pull out a target to put a backstop to the zero offset tool. <laughs> zero offset tool for those looking who haven't seen it before this was designed primarily for military uses but also, with uh, law enforcement in mind, and it's applicable to the civilian world, reason being the Army and the Marine Corps have used a reduced range zero for for years through what's called a matched pair. Matched pair is ballistically, if you zero for this distance, your bullet's going to cross your, your sight plane at this distance on the near side. Because gravity and those types of things, so you matched pair. Um, the army uses 25 meter zero, but with the gun bullet combination, and even with the gun bullet combination, if it were a case where 25 matches 300, it would only match 300 in certain environmental conditions. But as it were, the gun-bullet combination, 25 does not equal 300. So what I did was took the ballistics, and again, you know, environmental considerations come into play, this and that and the other, and the math for this is based on a 14.5-inch M4 barrel with M855 Alpha 1 ammunition, and it's using the front of the target. This is a a mill version of the Alpha 8 target. If you see the diamond, that is your point of aim. And if you're trying to achieve a 300 meter zero at 25, your point of impact should be in the center of the gray circle on the gray dot. Or if you want a 200 meter zero, it should be in the red circle on the red dot. Or if you want a 100 meter zero, It should be in the blue circle on the blue dot. But don't think you're complete there. All zeros should be confirmed and refined at true distance. This is just developed to get you close, get you really close, or if you don't have access to a true distance range, say you're on a combat outpost or a FOB or something, and "Ah, I gotta confirm my zero, Go confirm your zero and it'll get you really close and you'll be okay. Uh, Again, for law enforcement applications, you know, most cops may or may not have access to a 100 yard range. The civilian world, how many of us have ready access to a 200 yard range or a 300 yard range? And the answer is not many. Most people in the civilian world have 25 or 50 or a hundred yard or meter capability.
2: That's you know, I'm,
1: I'm lucky in my area that within a couple of hours drive, you know, I've got two local clubs that I can get to 300. Uh, a couple other local clubs I can get to 200. And when then within a couple of hours drive, I can shoot, you know, let's see, I can go to six at this one place. I can go to eight at another place. I can get a grand at another place. But to get a thousand yard range, I need to drive two and a half, three hours from the house. You know, a lot of people, they got to drive that far to get a 300 yard range. So it's a reduced range zeroing that will get you close. But confirm and refine a true distance if you can.
2: So if I, for the civilian firearms instructor. Who gets the occasional request to help somebody with rifle stuff it's also a damn nice tool to help somebody whose shot process i'll change my vernacular i almost said fundamentals but i won't whose shot process aren't quite up to the term uh, up to the task to where at this point shooting at 200 really doesn't make a whole lot of sense yet right but they want to they want to know they're shooting to true zero And while it would potentially be easier, quote unquote, for me to grab the dude's rifle and zero it for him, what is he actually learning about his system? And how much it's like, you know, we were talking experiential learning, how much is he really getting out of me zeroing his gun for him? Not a whole shitload. Mm -hmm. Right? So other than maybe false confidence, because that's what it is. So in in this, you know, event, hey man, can we can we bag your gun up? good enough to get a no shit decent grouping at 25 out of you right now. And can we do 10 reps of dry fire, one rep live breathe, go back to 10 reps of dry fire. Like, Can we, can we get some no shit how to press a trigger without disturbing the sights going on up in this motherfucker and help you towards a zero and give you a visual aid for you to get an understanding of, of what offset looks like and, why all this happens in the first place, I'll tell you what, it works out pretty good in that, in that little arena. That's my whole, like if you ever find me teaching rifle shit, that'll be about the extent of it. Uh, that in, that and some basic personal offense rifle stuff and some very limited private clientele stuff, but man, what a great tool for just that. Thank you. And that in the, those of us who live in this world, I always know I'm going to have a bay. I just don't know what bay it's going to be all the time. Mm-hmm. Can I Zero my gun, sure we can, but you know there's ten there's ten spots on the long distance bay, so we can wait three hours to go over there and work on the long distance bay, mm-hmm. or we can pick one of these other bays and do some work a while. What would you rather mm-hmm. do? Right well, now we can, now we can confirm your zero, and I you know when I ask you what your zero is and you spit out something. Uh, probably something you got from Light Fighter or God knows where else on the internet. And I say, Hey, what was your zero? And you go, uh, 5200, sir. And I'm like, Easy, bro. You don't have to salute me. And also, <laughs> Is it really? And they go, Well, yeah. And I'm like, Is it really a 5200? And they say, Sure, it is. And I said, Well, great. This little translucent piece of plastic here is going to show me if you've got a 200 yard zero or not. And we don't have to go all the way up there and wait. We can do it right here, right now. Let's see what we got. Now, with that, I will say,
1: the math is based around a 14.5 barrel with a 62 grain 8.55 Alpha 1, sure. you are go, you will see differences. Uh, like when I took my 16-inch out with the 77 grain load I use for precision or semi-precision work, as it were. Doing it, okay, I'm going to true this out. And I trued it out, and... The, the zero tool with my 16 inch barrel and my 77 grain load was about one minute off. So is it absolutely close enough for me to do good work with? Oh yeah, it is. But it was a minute off because the math is different. But, but let's face it, if, if you're at the point where you're where you're seeing a one minute difference at 200 yards, that's two inches.
2: That's a good problem nice. to have for most people.
1: You know, I, I, you know, I'm. If, if you're at the point where you're seeing a, a one minute difference, you're doing okay. And that that is easily fixed when you get your group at that true distance. Oh, I'm one minute off. Okay, no problem. Click, click, done. But you don't waste time chasing your groups at true distance trying to find out where you are to begin with.
2: Sure. So if you, if you go up with a 16 inch gun and XM193, and you tell me you have a 200 yard zero, and we set that son bitch up, and we measure it out, and I give you a little, you know, square little dot with my my nice you know blue uh, tire pen. I don't know why I just discovered tire pens. Did you guys know that the pens for marking automotive tires were the world's best range pens? anybody tell you that? Okay, holy shit, the tires that you can go to uh, freaking, uh, you know, Pep Boys and buy for marking the insides of automotive tires to know which is left front and, you know, for tire rotations, are the world's greatest range pen. That's some bitches, fluorescent blue, and you can see it from outer space. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. now I draw you a nice little one-inch square where your impact should be, and I draw you another square and another color where your point of aim should be, and you whacked me off a, a three or a five shot group. Shut up, Jordan. I know I said whack me off. <laughs> I was gonna. Yeah, damn now, it. <laughs> you whacked me off a five shot group, and I saw bitches three inches left and seven inches low where it's supposed to be. And I knew one of these. Right. What's the deal, man? Like, cool. So it's. I understand we're we're talking minutes, and you know you can tell me exactly how many. One point zero two six five seven is actually in a minute of angle, and no, that's not the real number. I don't know what it is, but there is <laughs> 1. a one point zero four seven. Okay, cool. <laughs> I knew you'd know it. Weaponized autism. Uh, point being, man, if you're if you're telling me you're in the ballpark and you ain't even in the same city the ballpark's right. in, now we know we got some freaking turny turnies right. and some twisty twisties to put on that optic before we even worry about what else is going on. I do at least know that much.
1: I just right. wanted to throw that out there, so you know we don't have somebody say, "Well, your shit doesn't work." I was three inches off at two uh, oh, hundred. Okay, okay, this is what the math was based on. If you're running a different system, you will find a difference, but it's probably going to be pretty minor.
2: So, yeah, yeah. No, I, I see. I knew it. Jordan's over here making whack off com I, I, man, I stepped into that headlong. I really uh, did. Just Keep them coming. We need T-shirt ideas. You sh- you I
1: should have wish. seen Jordan and the boys at QP. I'm telling you.
2: Yeah, were they doing some whacking off at QP? Uh, it's
0: it's a it's a it's a running Nickelodeon joke.
1: I'm sure. Should, uh, ask ask Todd. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: love it. I love it. So, uh, oh, Christ, I don't know if we saved the best or the worst for last. Um, but we did. We got. We got to talk a little bit about this nonsense mass shooting that happened yesterday. Yeah. And uh, none of us wants to do. That. Real quick uh, for for those of you who are listening and hearing this out of my voice or whatever. Uh, at no point do the people who generate content in the firearm space sit here and go, "Boy, I hope somebody shoots up a fucking Kroger, so we have something to talk about on Tuesday night." I, I very much wish we didn't have this to talk about, but we do. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to lead off and I'm going to say what I, what I said to TJ earlier today on the phone, which was this. If you find yourself in the middle of a mass casualty event and the only tool you can think to reach for is your cell phone. And in the moment that you think to reach for that tool, you decide to use it to film, to increase your Instagram followership instead of mm-hmm. fucking calling for help. I swear to God, don't ever let me meet you in person because I will grab you with my two fingers by the nostrils and introduce your head to the nearest blunt object until I can't swing my arm anymore. I'm so goddamn sick and tired of this. These assholes whipping out their fucking phones instead of doing any version of any good. That That is literally all I have to say about this. I'm not going to the mid quarterback it. I'm not going to talk about who could have done water or where. I'm not going to. God bless you, those of you that are law enforcement in that area. lost another man. I'm so sorry to hear that. I I have nothing else to say, but if you find yourself in the middle of the worst event in your life and you can think to do nothing but pop up Instagram stories, you are a piece of shit. I'm sorry. We don't need your video. The world's covered in video. There's more angles from that store than the cops could ever need. You didn't help nobody. All instead of sticking that phone in the old man's face and saying, Call 911, you should have been calling 911 with one hand while you were helping him to his vehicle with the other hand or doing any number of other productive things. I'm so sick of seeing this. And I, that's where I'll leave it. Mike, I know you, we mentioned before, and you said you had some stuff on this. You did a little research. Yeah. I'd love to hear your take on it. I'm sorry that your episode became this episode, but here we are.
1: Uh, I'm sorry that it's any episode. Fair enough. Um, I'm sorry that it's any episode. This shit should yeah. not happen. And if you're a person that takes any weapon, whether it be a blade, a club, a car, a gun, an explosive device, and you go out with the intent of causing a mass casualty incident of innocence... You are worse than a piece of shit. Yep. You deserve to have your existence wiped from the annals of history and have an unmarked grave where your bones have been crushed to dust and you have been left for nothing. Also, if if you do nothing better than film to boost your followership... Yep. A piece of sh- As you say, Kent, you're a piece of shit. Now well, let's look at the other side of it. Everybody wants to say, <clears throat> let those affected have their peace. Don't politicize it. I believe that. I believe that those who have been affected should be in our thoughts. They should have our sympathies. Their families should have their sympathies. They have mine. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: But with that, if you looked at Twitter, cops didn't even have the shooter under control yet. Thankfully, they shot him, but it should have been a better shot. The only good thing of him surviving is the potential for gaining insight from another shooter. To be able to put pieces together of what makes these people's, what makes them tick. That's the only good thing about him surviving that event. Um, but before they even had control of him, people were all over Twitter, uh, another mass shooting, another domestic terrorist, take the guns, this and that and this and that. And then, you know, we had politicians on TV today in emergency. Sessions of Congress, we had you know, Biden on TV today politicizing this thing let let's you know as as much as I don't want to politicize this thing, we have to look at it and know that there are forces arrayed against us, us being liberty lovers. Kent, you've got a flag behind you, and that looks to be. U.S. flag circa 1945-ish by the array of stars that looks like the flag we're flying during World War II. Is that correct? Yeah, you're not the first to notice that. Um, Behind me, there's a a join or die in wood, a a copy of the Franklin Join of Die engraving. We believe in liberty. We believe in self-reliance. We believe in personal responsibility. And it's not up to anybody to take our freedoms because somebody else did bad things. And and with that, um, I've said it publicly before. I've been on record saying it. And not only will I take the politicians to task that are trying to take our rights away and statists, maybe leftists, may not be leftists, we'll say statists, who believe that the state should have the power to tell you how you will live, how you won't live. I don't believe in that. Um, But we also have to take the NRA to task.
2: Hell yeah, we do.
1: Because when I went through my NRA instructor course, both for pistol and for rifle, weapon was a dirty word. When I went through the pistol instructor course years and years ago, they actually had a swear jar in the front of the room saying this is a swear jar for for the word weapon. And me being the asshole that I am, I put a 20 in the jar and told him, let me know when I run out of credit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, you have no idea how recently relevant this is to me. I'm bringing an A.I. up through the ranks of instruction. <laughs> And I'm explaining to him how much he's going to want to tear his fucking eyes out when he goes to the NRA curriculum. Right.
1: And it's Uh, not just the NRA. It's 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 folks talking modern sporting rifles. It's this. Don't get me started. But let's let's look at it. They're talking about weapons of war have no place on American streets. Do you have a firearm? It's a weapon of war. Yeah. And let's see. Let's go. Let's go through history because we've 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 all. Established that you know we we may we may drag our knuckles around at times, but we're kind of nerds too. Let's look at history: the the Chinese invention of gunpowder. What was it made for? War, war. War, war. It wasn't for fireworks. And then they came up with this, you know, rockets on the gunpowder. And then somebody made you know a hand cannon. It was something so you've got standoff distance and you can. Launch a projectile into somebody using the power of gunpowder. And one development, another development, another development, another development. Your 22 is a weapon of war. Why is that? Because it's got a metallic self-contained cartridge. The self-contained cartridge was developed for repeating firearms for war. And then folks say, well, the the, the guys that wrote the Constitution never could have seen this. There was a thing called a puckle gun before the Declaration of Independence was written. It was a repeating arm. Lewis and Clark did their expedition under Jefferson. They carried a Girondoni air rifle. It wasn't a firearm. It used compressed air instead of gunpowder. But it was a repeating rifle. So to say that they never could have seen developments in arms it it's either historical ignorance or a bald-faced lie well so, on, on so, that same so let's, vein let's, you, you can call it what it is it is an assault rifle it yeah. is a weapon of war you know the ar armalite rifle okay i get it it's not assault rifle it's armalite rifle but where did the term assault rifle come from? The Sturmgewehr. It was a select-fire rifle, ARs that we can buy today, or you know, post 1986, or unless you're an SOT, whatever. But that's going down a, a different rabbit hole. Okay, it's not select-fire; you don't have full-auto capability. But that doesn't mean it wasn't developed as a weapon of war. Let's be intellectually honest. And let's be intellectually honest enough to say, yes, it's a weapon of war. And that's the way the founders wanted it. The Militia Act of 1792 required every able-bodied male between ages of X and Y, who is part of the militia because of being an able-bodied male between the ages of X and Y, to keep a, a firearm of suitable caliber and, and, you know, serviceable condition. serviceable condition for service required him to keep a cartridge box, required him to keep 24 rounds of powder and ball. Yes, the founders wanted us to be armed for war. They wanted us to be able to preserve liberty from external or internal threats. They wanted us to never have to use those capabilities, but they wanted us to keep those capabilities. And people that are listening, don't take my word for it. Look up uh, Patrick Henry's quotes. Nothing will preserve liberty but force. And when you give up that force, you are ruined. Look up that quote. Yep. They told us what they were thinking. So, no, nobody wants these events to happen. But everybody that's arraying their forces to try to use this to take freedom away from us. It's not about the gun. It's about self-reliance. It's about liberty. And it's about preserving the American way of life. And that that's all I've got on that one.
2: Federalist number 29 concerning the militia. Go, go read something. Here's the nerd in me, and I'm not – I'm really not an academic elitist, but I can fucking read. It. So when you ask what they had in their minds, what did the founding fathers have in their minds when they wrote this Declaration of Independence, when, they were, when, when the Constitution and all these framing documents were put together – literally go read what alexander hamilton was talking about in federalist 29 go through it mm-hmm. go through the whole document these guys if you read federalist 29 if alexander hamilton was alive today this would be his fucking twitter kids this was him putting you know pen to paper saying what he was thinking when he was thinking don't tell me he wasn't thinking about a tyrannical government. Don't tell me he wasn't thinking about regular everyday Joes protecting themselves with harms don't Don't try to tell me that I can go read the guy's journal for Christ's sakes. It's really not hard to figure out the the idea that we're not that we're not supposed to do you know not for nothing but we're nothing but primates according to Joe Rogan, we are primates that ate the right mushrooms I gas right <laughs> uh. Here's the thing, man. We've been killing each other forever. We have been doing some dastardly, devious, terrible shit to each other for a long, long time.
1: Cain and Abel, dude. We're going to ban rocks?
2: Yeah. If you think for one second that that the evil and the hubris of humanity is going to stop because you take away a tool, you are retarded because I can beat you to death with this microphone on my desk. I don't know what to tell you. That's not how the world works. That's not how humanity works. The only reason we have a society at all is because we bred enough men like Mike and TJ to outnumber the pussies. That's the only reason that we have anything we have today. Whatever it is, whatever it is that you hold dear in your in your heart and your freedoms and your life, in whatever things you think matter in your world, they only exist because... We put enough people in enough places at the right time to make sure that we're even still here in the first place. Otherwise, we'd have been conquered. Man up and de- I didn't do it. I, man up and thank somebody who did. Not that. Not that self righteous dick sucking thank a veteran bullshit. I mean, honestly, say to a veteran like, "Hey, man, I'm glad you're around." Like, really look through look through your own lens because I'm tired of hearing this attitude that that you know these. The guns, the tools, the weapons, the whatever else were the problem. And I felt this way way before I was making a paycheck in this business. I'll tell you that much right now. That's another thing I'm sick of hearing. God almighty. But I could soapbox on this all day. TJ, you got anything on this? You were you were all kinds of smart when we talked earlier. You got – Yeah. I mean,
0: I mean, I'll take it a step further, Mike. I, I, I concur with you on the whole uh... – you know, and and you can't with the whole, you know, if you're going to flip out your phone and start yelling world star while people are dying and pools of blood around you, you deserve a fate worse than death. But I would go one further and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to call an audible and go pro government regulation and legislation on this one. Mm-hmm. We'll call it the lead follower. Get the fuck out of the way law.
2: Oh yeah, I like this. If, this was if you're, this if, earlier.
0: If you are not going to do everything in your power to get the hell out of there, render aid to those that are injured or dying, or actively take take measures and execute on actions that will mitigate and stop the threat, and you're gonna pull out your phone and make this dude famous or this girl famous, whoever it might be, you should be tried as an accomplice and suffer the same charges that they would suffer if they survived that encounter with law enforcement. I like it. Pull out your phone and yell, we'll start now, motherfucker. I dare you.
2: I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. We were – so as, as you, the viewer and listener, can tell, the thing that TJ and I were most miffed about was the military-aged, able-bodied male whose best tool he could think of was Instagram.
0: Well, and the thing, he went so far. This wasn't even like somebody that was in the store. This was an asshole that went into the danger zone.
2: He was mean enough to run in, but he had the wrong thing in his fucking hand.
0: And, and to that note, I, I want to make a comment. So, again, you know, it, yes, thoughts and sympathies to those that lost loved ones. But a message to all those that are out there screaming, to the high heavens on their on the pile of their their dead brethren and sisters that lay around them in the store that they're happy to leverage for their soapbox you know we might get on our soapbox about a few things but we don't make our soapbox out of dead bodies They'll get out there and shout, oh, these guns, these guns, it's time to to do something about this. The violence is enough. The violence is enough. If you're openly admitting to me that the violence is bad enough, that millions of Americans should be labeled as terrorists and jailed for the possession of a tool that they use to provide food, defend their homes and livelihoods, their families, friends and neighbors. Because the violence is getting so bad, but you haven't acknowledged it to the point where you want to take active precautions and measures to prepare yourself in the event that you come across that danger or that violence. You are full of shit. If the violence is truly that bad, and I'm not even saying you need to go out and carry a firearm, I'd love to see you join our side of the aisle and become self-reliant. And as Kent and I like to say, a responsible self-defender, but take a medical class. Right, if you're going to live in your bubble and say, "Oh, it'll never happen to me," how about you think about the person next to you? Because it could, while it might not happen to you, it could sure shit happen to the guy standing next to you. Go take a medical class. If the violence is so bad that we need to take the measures that everyone is championing right now, do something about it. Because while love, love my guys and love my boys in blue and all, especially the good ones. Name one crime especially a violent crime that has resulted in dead bodies that a law enforcement officer has stopped. Yeah. In, in progress, these guys are, no one is coming to save you. It's not going to happen. So stop wishing for it. Right. Been shot at plenty of times with dudes left and right of me. They weren't there to save my ass. We were there for ourselves and hopefully for each other as a byproduct of that in a unified effort. But there was no backup. There was no 911 coming for me or my friends. We were it. Take some self responsibility and cowboy the fuck up.
1: You know, you know you- what, TJ? I'll agree with you, but I'll say if you are carrying a gun, you should also take a medical class.
0: Fuck. Absolutely. Fuck. Yeah, absolutely If yep. you're
1: carrying a gun, if you're not carrying a gun, if you hate guns, I don't care. Take a medical class. Hopefully you'll never come across an event like this. But there's nothing saying you won't come across a traffic accident tomorrow.
0: Yep. yep. We, we I have echoed those exact
1: same sentiments on the show, Mike. It, I keep a medical bag in my truck for a reason. And that reason is whenever it is needed. But I hope it's not. Whatever scenario, it may be needed, but I hope it's not. But there's a medical bag in the drug.
2: Hell, yeah. You know, it's interesting about today. I guess I'll leave it with this. As I was, you know, I, this happened yesterday. I was processing it today. <clears throat> I almost, the only reason I don't make content specifically about this stuff because I would never want to be accused of, you know, profiting or, or gerrymandering or, or, you know, carpet bagging or whatever you will on, on such a thing. I could easily come on this platform or any other number of my other platforms and do the whole, you know, let's do a breakdown on the incident or whatever. I, I'm not that fucking guy. Right. I, but but what I will say is this is I was reflecting on this this morning, uh, you know, grading some school papers and sitting here at my desk. I found myself making a list of men and women that I know in person that I wish were at that fucking grocery store. And I'm going to tell you what I'm honored because I got a long goddamn list of people that I was like, shit, man, if that person was there, if this person was there now. You don't have to be G.I. Joe or G.I. Jane and be able to do cheetah flips out of helicopters backwards and shoot B-8s at 25 yards perfect or this or that. Having half of a brain and the gumption to go get something done and do some good for your fellow man would have done a lot of good in this and every other incident. And we'll find just like, you know, the news will find some guy that will be the hero of all this that, oh, you know, he got three old 80s out of the back door or something. Good. Good. That should be fucking all of you. That should be everybody. Because I'm going to tell you right now. I know no shit, 143 people. I'm not done writing my fucking list yet. It sounds like a little bit like a manifesto, but it is what it is. Who I'm thinking to myself, I wish you'd have rounded the corner with your AR while my boy so and so was standing there and watch what the fuck would have happened. You got a lesson in red dot fundamentals, real quick. You know, and, and there are people in this planet who have the skills and the capabilities to do something about this shit. And I, I just I would encourage you to count yourself, whoever you are hearing the sound of my voice, among them. Does do something about it mean you have to come out to me and pay me $99.99 for the rest of your life for gun training? No, no, it fucking does not mean that at all. What it does mean, though, is that you can be bothered to take a two hour stop to bleed class once every two years. What it does mean is that you can be smart enough to have a plan for you and your kids that, hey, listen, little man, when daddy says this word, daddy fucking means it. And no matter what you're doing with you and mama, when you hear daddy say this word, you do whatever daddy says next, no matter what. Right. How, how about having some of that in your life? I mean, I'll tell you what I, I, I feel for people. TJ and I are talking about this. My my trigger is kids. Yeah. It don't take somebody else's kids. Like, yeah, I've been there. I hate it. It angers me. Man, oh man, oh man. What can you do for your kids? What can you do for somebody else's kids? You're telling me you can't figure out a way to work a tourniquet into your life? Yeah. As somebody else's kid, maybe. I will give you everything I got. I, and I'm and I'm not some GI Joe, soldier, Marine, recon, force, Delta, sniper, cop guy. I'm just a dude. But I'll tell you this much. I got what I got for you. I'll give you everything I can. Now, we all have to be man and woman enough to realize that we have a a circle of responsibility that extends outward of ourselves and wraps around our children and our wives and our families and our mothers and our mothers-in-law and, you know, brothers and sisters and people, you know, everybody knows this story, right? We all got family who aren't blood and we all got blood who aren't family and all that. So who's ever in your tribe, uh, you know, Varg Freeborn, violence of mine, calls us working out your mission, right? You need to be really smart about figuring out what your mission really is. And on that fateful day, when it when it befalls you is running headlong into a gunfight, really your job or not. That's not for me. To t- if 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 uh, if you're waiting for some dude on a podcast to tell you. I hate to tell you this, but I'm not. I'm not here to tell you that. That's between you and your and your God and your family. I don't, I don't know what to tell you about that, but I do know this. I I'd, I'd love for you to have some level of skill. I don't think it's too much to ask for for you to have some level of of basic med skills. And God forbid if I can get you to carry a gun, great. Uh, but the other side of this is as much as these, you know, the filming people bother me, the other people that bother me is the dudes that, you know, well, I took three gun classes this year. So I'll tell you exactly what I would have done. It's like, oh, okay, homie, sure. Sure. You would have like, I can't get you to hit a B8 on a blue sky, sunny day on the range, like in the best of circumstances. But now all of a sudden you're going to run into the, into the nursery store, I guess. I guess headlong head into
0: the breach, man.
2: Headlong into the sure, breach. Do it. I guess you would've. I don't know, man. But it's it is what it is. What what I would say. Uh, and, and by the way, not everybody hearing our voice agrees. I happen to know uh, that there are some folks who disagree with us that will hear this, and that's good. That's what we're here for. Uh, but those of you that do agree with us on the freedom bent and the and the uh, constitutionalist and the and the libertarian-ish kind of any any of those of you who I don't know happen to value your own rights, let your voices be heard. Write a letter, like a real one, uh, you know. God forbid with a pen, but if not with a pen, like your own typing, your fingers and the keyboard. Well, I don't.
0: I don't know, man. If that Second Amendment only meant muskets, then uh, I guess we're going to have to delete Twitter and go back to ink and quill and papyrus.
1: Right. You know, TJ, you just triggered me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and here's why, because I used to talk about Second Amendment rights. And Ash made me rethink that. We were we were talking one night and he was like, What do you mean Second Amendment rights? And he twisted my worldview for the better. The Second Amendment of the United States Constitution doesn't grant us anything. It codifies it. It codifies pre-existing rights. Now we're going back to Locke and Hobbes and the Enlightenment and all this stuff, natural rights endowed by the creator. The Second Amendment didn't do anything but codify that there was a pre-existing right to keep the tools necessary for securing yourself, your family and your liberty. You can take the Second Amendment away tomorrow. It doesn't mean I don't still have the right to maintain those tools. Absolutely, for sure. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Well, this is one of those things where, uh, number one, we couldn't we couldn't uh, we couldn't just let you know yesterday be yesterday, and us not you know here we are live tonight now talk about it. Uh, for those of you paying the podcast uh, home game today is March the twenty third of two thousand and twenty one. And we are referring to uh, the happenings in Colorado at the uh, at the grocery store yesterday. It's just it kind of occurs to me that somebody's going to hear this six months from now and go, what the fuck are these dudes even talking about? Um, So that's that's where we're at. Uh, That's when this show was recorded. Um, So that's why we feel the need to talk about this. Uh, Otherwise, wouldn't be within our purview to do current events and news. And we don't often do that stuff. But, you know can't come on here and do that and plus i knew honestly i had i had a pretty good idea mike would have some good some good insight and tj you always do
0: so as much as it sucks dude there'll be another time when we have to bring this up again
2: yeah we said that last time didn't we yeah Uh, we did you know we uh, it it fucking pains my soul man i I wish we didn't have to do this and i you know these videos this is not monetized this is Mm -hmm. there won't they're, like we're not going to slide from like, oh, some people got shot yesterday to, you know, a sale on rats tourniquets. God, that was a terrible joke that didn't mean to be one. You get where I'm going, right? Like we're not we're not going to do that. That wasn't the point. The point is like, come on, man. We we have to do better as a community. Yeah. And, you know, if we don't talk about this, the bitch is we either stifle ourselves and go, oh, we better not talk about that. We've already lost at that point. If we if we hit that, you know, we might as well pack up the microphones and fucking open the safes and let them come take everything. Because then we, you know, if we can't even talk about what we're feeling, then we're really screwed. Well, so. I would even,
0: I would even challenge those playing the home game, right? So n- naturally, you know, with this, there's going to be plenty of debate. It's going to co- it's going to conquer the news cycle for the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, and, and there's going to be debate. There's going to be discussion. You know, among those of you that might be listening to this, I would challenge you with something. And I'm not going to challenge you with having the debate about, you know, Second Amendment rights versus First Amendment rights versus it's an AR. No, it's a modern sporting rifle or any of that bullshit. I'm going to challenge you to shift your conversation to holding people accountable for medical training. Mm -hmm. I would love to see that because Mm -hmm. one, in my opinion, I think begets the other. Eventually, you get those hardliners that are absolutely I will never pick up a gun. I'll never own a gun, whatever have you. Okay, fine. Hey, asshole, how about you go learn how to save a life then, right? You come talk to me, and we'll have this discussion again when you tell me you're going – when you can demonstrate to me that you're going to do something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Go get that medical training. Go pick you up a kit. It's What's your life worth, right? Let's not go to wish.com and find tourniquets. Get you a quality quality medical kit. Get you some quality training on how to use that equipment. And if you're not going to help me fight, then help me save people.
2: Absolutely. You know, it's it's, it's also interesting. Uh, The last year and a half have been my year and a half of introducing the uninitiated into the gun space. That's all I've been doing. For a year and a half straight, two hours at a time or eight hours or 16 hours at a time if I'm lucky – I've been introducing the uninitiated into the world of guns and you are the bankers and the teachers and the plumbers and the, the regular ass people out here who have all come to, to me and those like me and who have said the world is X, Y, Z. And therefore I bought this. Can you show me how to efficiently use it?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. And I've done so, uh, you know, politic agnostic, with as much respect as I possibly can to your personal viewpoints on the world. And matter of fact, I've made you know through through that, uh, you know, as as I often and want to do, because if I'm not a gun guy, at least I'm a stand-up comedian, so I'm funny if nothing else, right? And and we make friends and we talk and we and all these people from all these different areas come together. There are seven to eight million of you who are new, first-time, no shit, gun owners. Many of you have been through my classes here in the last year and a half. Uh, I didn't used to get nearly this many new, 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 new people, but now I am. Welcome to the world of it being your fault every time somebody does something stupid with the device you own. Yep. Yep. I'm sorry for you. I'm sorry about your bad luck, but I've been saying this shit forever. Now that you are a gun owner, you are the villain in the eyes of the people who you used to be. Collegiate oh, friends, with, work friends with brothers, sisters, mothers, cousins, whoever. Now all of a sudden, while well, it's all you gun owners need to. Man, I'll tell you what. I, one thing I will do if I was to draw a comparison would be this: you know, if this was a if this was a First Amendment rights attack, imagine being vilified for owning a pen or a smartphone or a, like this. Mm-hmm. This is a tool in my everyday life. The better I get at this shit And the more I teach it The less it's part of my ethos I don't know if you can believe that or not But it's true It's just a fucking tool Yeah. It really Truly at the end of the day It's just a fucking tool Yeah. uh, You know you can believe that or you can't But don't hate somebody For owning a tool And you know what
1: Very seldom is it the correct tool No shit you know, just because I have this screwdriver, that crescent wrench, this hammer, that hammer, you gotta get the right tool for the right reason. Very yep. seldom is a firearm the correct tool to solve a problem. Yep. But that but that doesn't mean it doesn't have a place in the toolbox.
2: Absolutely. No, this has been uh this has been great. So uh and we're very blessed in this podcast because usually when we start winding them down, we have to say this and we have to say it again. We're going to have to do another one of these, my friend. Because absolutely, we, we could go like and go and go on this. Uh, again, good recommendations, like minds, all that stuff. It's awesome to meet somebody through this medium, and I uh, can't wait to meet you through a real medium and absolutely. you know do do some version of something in person. We'll get you down to a QP match eventually, bud. Well, look at him with the segues in the,
0: and the, yeah, nice. Yeah. I'm over here, by the way. Um, uh, <laughs> there you go.
2: <laughs> God damn it. The internet. Uh, but no, seriously. So, so for one thing, uh, please, you are invited back at any given point in time. So that's the first thing we always got to say. Uh, the next thing we always have to say is that, uh, my goodness. Time is the world's most valuable resource, and here you have given us multiple hours of it. We are in your debt for that. We appreciate you, Mike. Thank you for that. Thank you, thank yeah. you, gentlemen. Absolutely. And now on the on the lighter hearted, or maybe not lighter hearted, uh, side of this, we might we might be hitting you with a curveball. But we do this on every show. If you <laughs> would, sir, do me a favor and pick a charity. Ah. Uh. Yeah, we know. It wasn't meant to be. It's not a gotcha. It's just, hey, man, pick a charity you like.
1: So many great ones out there, but given the last half hour of conversation, Second Amendment Foundation. Great.
2: Hell yeah. So, TJ, what do you got for us tonight?
0: Absolutely. So, folks, if you head on over to teespring.com forward slash refinement, you will find the T-shirt dedicated and inspired by one Mike Lewis himself. Um, As is typical, any of the T-shirts that we design based or inspired by our guests, all proceeds from that from the sale of that T-shirt specifically will go to their charity of choice. Second Amendment Foundation is Mike's uh, charity of choice tonight. It's certainly one we've heard before, and it's one that uh, I know Kent and I are certainly happy to contribute to. Uh, so, if you head on over to the link that I've pasted here in the chat, uh, also posted up here on the screen and will be posted in the description of this video, uh, please head on over, purchase a shirt. And of course, if you don't want to purchase a shirt, you can always contribute directly to those charities and links to the Second Amendment Foundation will be included as well.
2: You didn't know you would getting your own t shirt out of this, did you? No. Let's see that. That's <laughs> awesome see that. So yeah, so that's what we do. We uh every episode gets a t-shirt from here until infinity uh because my smarter, more creative, better half business counterpart over there Mr. Ramsey develops a t-shirt while we're talking. And I'm uh, I'm, we, cre- I'm creative and shit. Right. That's then awesome. we sell that motherfucker for no profit to ourselves and we donate that money to whatever charity uh the gentleman or, or lady says on the show. So there you go. So yep,
0: so SAF.org for those of you listening, uh SAF.org is the Second Amendment Foundation. Well, you can contribute directly there if you choose not to purchase a t shirt.
2: Yeah, screw our t shirts, just donate to those guys. But that works way, for us that works for us too. You know, you can you can donate a little money by buying a t shirt and then and then the all the all the proceeds get funneled right through the them. So it's been a it's been cool for us. We've I don't we, we started doing this like twenty or twenty five episodes ago. And for me, it's been a real interesting, like some of these charities have been like stuff I've never, you know, nobody said the United Way, right? Like it's, you know, obviously SAF. and But some of these guys have said like real intricate regional stuff. We've learned stuff about individuals that like, oh, you know, I've got a kid with XYZ disease and this means a lot to me. And of course, the, you know, the SAF and stuff like that obviously makes a lot of sense. So... Uh Mike, real quick, where can they where can they find you? Where can all the good good cane break stuff come from? Where where should they go? We've already got links in the description, by the way, but get it on audio. Right.
1: The cane break tools, cane break, uh cane break tools are available on Amazon. Uh, the links are like XYZ, B-O-T F, whatever. Uh you can find them on my website, Cane C-A-N-E-B-R-A-K-E dot U S. And find them under products, click, it'll take you to the Amazon page, easy. Uh, Targets that that I've developed and worked with right in the rain, link will take you to right in the rain, or you can go directly to right in the rain. Uh, Training, um, military training offerings are are on the site, canebrake.us. If if you want to do something, you know, civilian oriented or just, hey, basic rifle class, whatever, too easy, hit me up. Uh, Mike.Lewis Dot at dot US. You can find me on uh, Instagram mikelewis five five six, or find me on on the on the Book of Faces at Canebrake Consulting Services. I think it's S V C S, but either way, Canebrake Consulting Services.
2: Very very cool. Spell Canebrake C-A-N-E. C A N E B R A K E. It's a uh, Canebrake. Correct. Yep. As we're
1: funny, as we're talking self-reliance and whatnot, came break is another name for the timber rattlesnake. So a little bit of lineage, a little bit of uh symbology there without being in your face.
2: I like it. I like it. Very cool. So uh, that being said, uh, all, all kidding aside, we, we wouldn't be able to do this without the people that help support us wwwgreemountaindefensecom slash affiliate-links is where you can find all that good information. Uh, you're going to buy gun stuff anyway. Might as well buy it from the folks that support us. We really appreciate that. Um, as a firearms training company, I do spend an awful lot of time promoting my quote-unquote competitors. Change the word competitors to best friends, and you got the idea, right? So here's the deal. Apache Solutions Firearms Training out of Yakinville, North Carolina. Go find those guys. Uh, go find Scotty Cronin and the boys over at Ohio out of Gunset Set Training. Uh, right here next to me, I'm I'm promoting a quote unquote couple competitors. Uh, Sam DeSimoni out of Ev- Evolution Training Solutions. Go train with him. Go train with Phil Groff from Vigor Training right here out of Central Pennsylvania. Go train with Ashton Ray out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Train with Scott Jodlinski, Modern Samurai Project. Train with yes. Tim Heron. Tim Heron shooting. Uh, Train with Bill Rapier, Uh, Amtech shooting, my goodness. So here's the deal, right? Uh, If you want to know who Kent thinks you should train with, you should probably look at the podcast and look at the past guests because holy shit, they've been on here. Again, I do a lot of promoting my quote unquote competitors. That's a clue, people. It means I've taken their classes and they're fucking legit. So you should probably take them too. Um, This is an industry and a business where rising tides rise all ships we do not uh, see each other in the negative space where or we're trying to fight for your attention. Everybody knows there's 5,000 or so serious trainers in the world uh, and everybody was okay with accepting that, and I am not. I'm here to turn regular people into serious trainers and bring us all in some more customers. I'm doing what I can, right? So half of them, uh, or not half of them, but half of the people in this uh, freaking chat tonight are actually people who have been my customers and are who are getting more and more serious. Shout out to you, Don. I appreciate you jumping on here. My man was out here on a freaking two-hour private lesson with me later or earlier tonight, and I guess he didn't get tired of hearing my stupid voice because then he came and watched the podcast live. That's pretty freaking cool. Uh, you must not doing, have told any jokes. Yeah, yeah, it was all the dad jokes, right? Uh, we're doing what we can to bring in new people into that serious training community. We're trying like hell. Uh, so jump in, man. Uh, train with all those folks. When you're done training with all those folks, GreenMountainDefense.com slash training is where you can find me. I'd be happy to contribute uh, if I can, right? And I'd be happy to help you out. If you want to learn something about pointing a pistol in the right direction, pressing the trigger, getting it out of an appendix holster, doing it reasonably well, I can help you. If you want to learn how to take a room or clear a, the Apache helicopter or jump from a rope or spaceship shit i'm probably not your guy but i know this much if the beep goes beep and i can get my hands on the thing and press the thing and do the thing i'm pretty good at the thing right so i can help you with that let me help you i'm more than happy to do that and uh a heavy dose of humility and humor while we do it it's enjoyable if nothing else so jump in and do that my man tj makes some of the world's most finest custom knives that's at tkr knives on instagram Make TJ make you a knife. He also writes articles for the Gunpoint and others. So you read what TJ writes. Uh, Flesh Kincaid scales off the charts when he writes, I assure you. <laughs> Let's see what else. We've got a social media uh, page for this year podcast. The Facebook has gone actually kind of, our damn little Facebook groupie page thing has started to all of a sudden take off for some reason. I, I, Fuck the algorithm. I have no idea why. It's nothing you and I did differently, but here it is. They,
0: they, they heard about the whacking off. That's.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> only fans. yeah, they figured that shit out. So there's that. And uh, look, if nothing else, find a way, get out and shoot, hit us up. Let us help you answer your questions. We're more than happy to refer you to somebody else. Uh, I've done an awful lot. Contact at GreenMountainDefense.com. Hey, I'm in Iowa, and I heard your podcast, and I don't know who to train with. Great. Give me 48 business hours, and I'll find you a vetted class. I promise. There's, there's somebody worth a shit everywhere you are. And if there isn't somebody worth a shit everywhere you are, start hosting people, and in a couple of years, you'll be the guy that's worth a shit. Ask me how I know. Fair enough. TJ, you want to do a little sign-off, and we'll get the hell out of here.
0: Yeah, man, absolutely. Mike, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Uh, as Kent said, we will certainly have to have you back. Um, God willing, it will be under more uh, oh, pleasant circumstances uh, yes. to the end of the conversation, but definitely going to have you back, man. Appreciate your time. Uh, Mr. Ben, Yep, he, uh, Kent is over in Pennsylvania or Pennsylvania, as he likes to say. Um, so if you are in the Pennsylvania area, or Northern Virginia, Maryland area, go train with Bovoid Kent. Um, with that being said, folks, I'm TJ, the Lead and Ginger. Kent is Green Mountain Defense. Find us on social media. You can also find the Slinger Lead Podcast on Facebook. Uh, chat us up there. Shoot us questions. Kent and I both monitor those. Uh, and, you know, if you've got comments or questions, we'll be happy to field them on the show. And if you're not comfortable leaving a comment or you've sworn off Facebook for the litany of reasons that there are to swear off Facebook, you can hit us up at Slinger Lead Podcast at, green, at gmail.com. Until then, folks, take care of each other. God bless you all. and Get out and shoot.
2: Bye, guys. Thanks.